Welcome to the Rethinking Church podcast. My name is Tim, and we're going to just jump right into part two of our two-part series of podcasts around the topic of relational leadership. I said last week that if we fail to develop and maintain meaningful relationships, then our leadership is limited. We talked about three characteristics of relational leaders last week. First, they're God-centered. They recognize that he is the beginning and the end and that they are really just first followers, that all of our leadership, all of our opportunity, all of our resources, our knowledge, all of our ability to lead comes from him. And we have to stay deeply rooted and connected to him. Second, they're people-focused. It's not about tasks and all of the jobs and all of the the programs and components and things that we want to do as a leader. Our primary task as a leader is to be people-focused, to develop people, to help people become everything God created them to be. And sometimes that looks like discipleship and leadership development. It looks like conversation. It looks like developing new skills, whatever it is. Our job is to help people to become who they were created to be. And so we have to lead first with people in mind. Our focus, our energy, our time in ministry should be focused on people. And third, we said that relational leaders are service motivated. They understand that Jesus was a servant leader who washed his disciples' feet. And that the further we move up any org chart, the more people we have to serve. The way we like to talk about it here at Hydrant is to say that if leadership is, that leadership is beyond you. Gosh. The way we like to talk about it here at Hydrant is to say that if service is below you, then leadership is beyond you. We have to be service motivated. The fourth in these six characteristics of a relational leader and where we want to start today is that they are passion fueled. A relational leader is fueled by their passion. Now, there's all kinds of talk out there about finding your passion and that that will guide you and letting your passion guide you. And we're not there. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think that passion is the most important thing. That's why it's fourth on this list. I think that God guides us, that he gives us purpose and identity that shape us, but it has to be fueled by passion. If we don't care about what we're doing, nobody else will care about what we're doing. If we don't care about what we're saying and what we're teaching, nobody else is going to care about it. If we don't care about loving our community, our church won't care about loving our community. If we don't care about making disciples, then no one else will care about it. If we don't care about kids ministry or youth ministry or or starting some new adventure, then no one else will care about it. As the leader, you will always care more about what you're doing than anyone else. And so we have to be fueled by a passion for what we're doing. Find a what uh, what Bill Hybels a long time ago called our holy discontent. Find that thing that keeps you awake at night. That thing that makes you sad or that thing that makes you angry. That thing that you can't sleep as long as it exists in the world and then fuel that discontent and unleash it on the world. Passion passion can keep you going 
when you want to quit. It can fuel your energy when you are depleted and ready to give up. It keeps us energized. So ask yourself, what, what makes you angry? What, what hurts your heart and keeps you up at night? Where that burden meets the world's need is your passion. That is your purpose. And you will begin to, to be fueled and ready to do the work of relational leadership. So they are not only passion-fueled, but they're self-aware. Great leaders, especially relational leaders, are self-aware. Not self-focused. It's not about me. They have a way of unselfing themselves and, and taking the attention off of themselves and putting others first, developing others first. They're people-focused, but they're self-aware. That means that we understand who we are. We understand what we value, what we believe. We understand our story, the good and the bad, the lows and the highs, and how our wounds and our successes, how all of those things shape who we are today. A relational leader who is self-aware understands their gifting. They understand how God has gifted them for ministry, how his grace has shaped them, but they also understand how they are not gifted. They understand where they are strong. All of us are born with strengths, things that God put into us from the moment we are born that we're great at. We have the ability to use to succeed and move things forward, but we also all have weaknesses. None of us is perfect. None of us is strong in every area. And a, and a relational leader is self-aware. They understand their values and stories and gifts and strengths and weakness. And then they use that for the good of all those around us. You see, when we are self-aware, it allows us to protect others and to be our best and to recognize our need to continue to grow. But we'll also have the ability to operate from our strengths. Our strengths are our greatest, our greatest opportunity to succeed. A duck is not going to succeed in a foot race. That is not how God made a duck to succeed. But as long as a duck thinks that it has to compete with the ostrich in a race, then it will never really understand who it is and what it's meant to do and will never do all the things that it was created to do. Fish don't fly. Monkeys Swing from trees. And eagles soar. We need to understand who we are so that we can lean into our strengths to have the greatest impact on those around us. And then a leader who is self-aware will hire a well-rounded team instead of hiring well-rounded individuals. See, none of us really need a bunch of people who are good at a lot of stuff. What we need on a team is people who are good at a couple of things that are different from everybody else on the team. And so we build these well-rounded teams that are effective, where people are strong, where others are weak, and we support one another and hold one another up and move together. Last thing that happens for a self-aware leader is that they're confident. They understand who they are, and they're confident in that. I think that two things go together that we usually don't think about. 
I think that confidence and humility are two sides of the same coin. And arrogance, arrogance and insecurity are two sides of the same coin. You see, as long as we're insecure, as long as we don't understand who we are and value that, then we're hiding it from others. And we have to put on a facade that says we are better than we really are. But when we have a humility that understands who we are and who we're not and is able to value other people, then we can confidently lean in to how he made us and do those things really well and value others and for what they can do really well. Lastly, the sixth characteristic of a uh, relational leader is someone who is personally healthy. Personally healthy. We're never really going to be the leader we're meant to be if there is unhealth in us, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. To the best of our ability, we are meant to take this temple that God has given us and to use it for his glory. To, to take care of it and to bring the best out of it. We're meant to, to be physically healthy, regular exercise, watching what we eat, drinking lots of water, getting lots of sleep. Few things, lots of things that few pastors actually do. Many of us don't get enough sleep. Many of us don't drink enough water. Many of us aren't eating healthy or exercising at all. We're not known as the healthiest group of people. And I think that's why many times we're not able to lead as well as we should. Not only that, we have to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. This takes us back to the very beginning of being God-centered. But if we're not deeply connected in an intimate and loving relationship with Jesus, we're never going to lead the way we're meant to. We're never going to help anyone else get there. And lastly, we have to be emotionally healthy. Without emotional health, the ability to understand our emotions and how they're affecting us, the ability to read a room and understand the emotions of others and respond correctly, we're never going to be able to lead a group of people relationally. It's all about this connection, all about loving people well and helping them well. Relational leaders then, as we've said now, are God-centered, they're people-focused, they're service-motivated, passion-fueled, self-aware, and personally healthy. What is one of these six areas that you could put in some intentional effort in development? What is God asking you to do to become a relational leader in his church? Do you have the courage to do it? Who can help you do it? As you think about these questions, as you think about the characteristics of a relational leader, it's a hard journey. It's a journey that took me on several years of research and ups and downs and failures. There was even a time when I had my wife read every email and text I sent before I pressed send because I wanted to make sure that I was responding and caring meaningful ways that would maintain a relationship. I can be good at my job and bad at my people, and that makes me bad at my job. We we are called to lead relationship, relationally. We are called to people. And if we fail at that, then we fail. This is what he made us for. This is what he has given us responsibility for. So I challenge you to lead relationally, to develop the six characteristics of a healthy 
relational leader. I believe in you. I believe in what's possible in your church, right where you're at. If you will rethink leadership, rethink church, then amazing things can happen. We're so glad that you joined us today as we, as we talk a little bit about a different way of leading, of rethinking leadership. We believe in you. We can't wait to join in more of these conversations together. If you found it helpful, like us on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, share it with someone. We look forward to being with you again next week.